You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. Galatians chapter number 5 and going to look at verses 16 and 17. I never got to verses 24 and 25 and so, excuse me, give me some monitor please, yeah. And look at, uh, we, we dealt with this morning the struggle between the flesh and the spirit and I hope and I trust that that was an encouragement to you. And tonight we're going to look at the subject of how a little bit more in depth of walking in the Spirit. I, I believe that the Lord has a plan for all things, and even this tonight in the prayer line, there's been some prayer requests already this evening that uh, that this subject is going to address. And so uh, I'm not going to bore you, but I'm going to give you something that will help you, and I uh, trust that you are attentive tonight. Gal Galatians 5, look at 16, 17. We'll go to 24 and 25, and then I'll throw another one in on you um, here right after that. The Bible says, Again, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Verse number 24, and they who are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And if you would take a left with me and look at Galatians chapter 2, I'll read another very familiar scripture to the church. Verse number 20 and verse number 21. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And I want to talk to you tonight for just a moment about walking and how to walk and try to teach it how to walk in the Spirit. It's important because if we will walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And no believer has ever been satisfied fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. And we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing that we have already felt in this place tonight. God, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would open our ears to hear, hearts to receive, and Lord, that you would anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word. Do a work that I cannot do, and Lord, I'll give you, be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, and everybody says, Amen. I'm not going to recap a whole lot, but there is some truths uh, that briefly that I want to leave with you uh, to, just to recap a little bit tonight. This morning, we dealt with the struggle between the flesh and the spirit, uh, something that we all war with, and I uh, listen, I have talked to the believers that will deny that and say, you know, that that struggle is not there, and I'm sorry, I don't believe you if you uh, say that. The Apostle Paul was right when he wrote it to the church, and so we understand and we know that we have a struggle. We have a warring going on, a battle that is going on inside of our heart, inside of our innermost being with what the flesh is wanting and what the spirit man is wanting. My flesh wants one thing but my spirit wants an altogether another thing the flesh wants to bend to the things of the world but my spirit wants to follow after the way of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and in the, the life of the believer there should be nothing in us that is okay with offending God or failing God that is not something that we ought to be comfortable with if you're comfortable with failure I know we say it a lot that we're going to fail but the question is what are you doing with your failure what are you doing with failure? When I fail, I'm not okay with it, and I'm not going to use the old statement as some believers have used and just say, well, you know, I'm not Christ, or, I, you know, I'm going to fail. Yes, we're going to fail. That's not something you applaud yourself about, and that's not something that we should have pride in. When we fail uh, as a believer, we should take that failure to God, understanding that I just offended God, and that I, just, uh, I, that I have just transgressed against the Lord, and say, God, I have failed you. I'm asking you to forgive me and I'm asking you to change that in me because I don't want to do it again. Amen. 
And so, and, and here and when we talk about the struggle between the flesh and the spirit, uh, the thing that I, I really want to emphasize here is even though there is a struggle, and this is something I didn't get to teach on a lot this morning, but even though there is a struggle, you need to understand, and not just understand, I'm going to give you some things to believe, you need to believe Romans chapter number 6, and I know there's a lot that is misunderstanding that, and they're a misinterpreting it. But I'll tell you tonight, I am ready to stand before the Lord and give an account for how I'm preaching and teaching it. Romans 6 is not talking about spirit baptism, it's not talking about water baptism, it's talking about a spiritual baptism that happened when I said yes to Jesus and he baptized me into the person of Christ. There's too many scriptures that goes along in harmony with that union between me and Jesus Christ for me to take that and to denote it down to water baptism or to bring it in a place of spirit baptism. I need to believe that the power of sin over my life has been broken. Water baptism will not do that. Spirit baptism does not do that. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, though it's important and though it's crucial in the life of the believer, being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not the answer for sin. It's not the answer for sin. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit equips us for service and it gets us ready to be at work with the Lord and empowers us to be equipped for, to, uh, for our, not for our journey, but for our service unto the Lord. But baptism into Christ will break the power of the sin nature and it gets me ready. It imparts the divine nature so that now I can live a holy life unto God. Now, the thing I want you, there's something that I've got to emphasize is, is that, that the power of sin nature, that, that the power that the sin nature formerly had over my flesh has been broken. Believer, listen, you, I know that if you're a believer, and you would be honest with me tonight, I know you struggle with what the flesh wants and what the spirit wants. How do you know that? Because I'm in this thing too. The Apostle Paul in Hebrews, if he wrote Hebrews, he said, let us, let us, listen, the, the teacher that is anointed by the person of the Holy Spirit is writing these words. He said, let us lay aside every sin and the weight that does so easily beset us, all of us, and let us. Run the race with patience that is laid before us. Listen, Paul was such a good teacher because he was open and he began to reveal the same things he was going through is what every believer would go through. So I can tell you tonight that we are, let us understand that we're having a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. My flesh pulls me one way and the spirit pulls me the other way and my heart's desire is to go in the direction of the spirit and that's why I feel like the rottenest person in the world when I cave to the flesh. Amen. That's good preaching. Here's what I want you to believe. Even though there's a struggle, the power of the sin nature that ruled and reigned over the flesh is broken. Do you believe that? Do you believe the power that the former sin nature had over your flesh has been broken? We got to believe that. Listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. There's people that said, do you understand everything about the word of God? Well, no, I'm only 42 and I'm still learning. But here's what I do know this. The word of God is not there for me to understand completely and totally and give an account of my understanding. I'm going to give an account for if I believe it or not. So even if you don't understand everything, I, I must believe it. Here's what you need to know and what you need to believe. You need to believe that the power of sin over the flesh has now been broken. The flesh, uh, the desires of the flesh have been crucified. They have been uh, with Christ. And now because I am a born again believer, because I've been baptized into Jesus Christ, the sin nature no longer rules and reigns over my life. i got a new master. I got a new power source that has moved in. And the power source is the person of the Holy Spirit. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Romans 5 says where sin did abound, which is talking about before you came to Christ. 
Every single one of us has a moment where sin did abound. Where sin did abound, which literally means when sin ruled upon the throne of our heart as a king. Where sin did abound before Christ, before the debt was paid. Now grace does much more abound. Now watch this. Where sin did abound? Talking about before Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. No, we can't make too much of of the cross. We can't make too much of the cross because that's where everything all come together. But when sin did abound, it's talking about before Jesus went to the cross. But after Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, the demands of sin had been met. They had been paid. And now no longer can sin hold the believer because we are baptized into Jesus Christ. I can choose grace over the pull of the flesh because I now have a new power source. And Romans 5 teaches me uh, that sin did abound, but now grace does much more abound. Now let's back up here, and I'm going to teach you a little bit. Let's back up and and define. We all the time, we have have, uh, people that... uh, Foundation is something we just can't exhaust because not only if you know it, you need to hear it again, but there may be some here that don't know it. If we define grace as we always knew it, grace has always been defined by unmerited favor. That's not wrong. It's just not complete in regards to the New Testament. If we look at the New Testament and we look at the Strongs, we will learn that not only is it unmerited favor to me, in other words, it is favor given by God that I did not deserve. It's not just that, but it is the divine influence of the Holy Spirit upon my heart. The reflection should be within my life. So now it's not just unmerited favor, but it's divined and explained how that it's unmerited favor. This is what God done for me that I didn't deserve to to help me in this life. He gave me the help of the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide and direct my every step. Oh, I'm liking this more than you are. That's unmerited favor. That's the divine influence of the Holy Spirit. It's not just, don't cut it off at unmerited favor. It is the divine influence of the Holy Spirit to help me in my life. So when he talks about where sin did abound, where the sin nature did rule and reign, now grace does much, not just a little bit, much more abound. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit is so much greater than the power that sin had over our life that we can live a holy and righteous life with the Lord. That's what he's talking about. Walking in the Spirit. It literally means, and I'm going to come back to this, to order my behavior. This is what we need to know, and this is the how-to in regards to not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We need to know how to walk in the Spirit. Uh, 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 Well, the how-to. If the desires of the flesh are not going to be fulfilled or accomplished in my life, listen, believer, if you are truly born again, there's nothing about you that wants to fail God. So we don't want the desires of the flesh to be accomplished. That's what the word fulfilled means. We don't want them to be accomplished. How do we not allow them to be accomplished? Teenagers, I'm talking to you too. You're, you're old enough to understand this because when you get at the age when things starts pulling at you in different re- directions, that's why we're over there on teen class. We're teaching you how to walk in the Spirit. We're teaching you about temptation. Listen, we can come to the excuse with God. All that we want to come to say this because of that, because of this, because of that doesn't make any difference. If you don't want the, uh, the uh, a lust of the flesh to be accomplished in your life, the secret is you must walk in the Spirit. Walk, and I'm going to explain it. I'm not going to just tell you you need to do it. I want to tell you exactly how to do it. Ordering my behavior after the direction of the Spirit. I want to give you some truths first, uh, more for you to believe, and, uh, um, um, and, and then get back to walking in the Spirit. I don't want to just leave that alone because that's what our main subject is tonight. But uh, first, let me leave it, uh, leave it like this or, or give it to you like this. The choice has to be made to walk in the Spirit continually. Now, I'm going to talk about me because uh, you may not be in this same boat, but there's been days, in fact, a lot of days, in fact, all days, that I don't just say yes to grace one time and no to the flesh one time. Amen? Anybody else in here with me that would, 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 would say, you know what, just because I said no to the desires of the flesh and yes to grace 
one time that day. Doesn't mean I was golden. Doesn't mean that everything was just a smooth road. Because you can get angry at your spouse before you leave the house. And they get angry at your boss when you get there. Oh, you mean I need grace at home and I need grace? Look, you need grace at home more probably than anywhere else. Those that live with you know you better. Okay. I want to be honest with me tonight. Thank you, Brother Will. Jessica elbowed him. But I need grace more than one time in the day. I need the, the help of the Holy Spirit more than just one time in the day. So I want to give you some, uh, some truths in regards that I can continually, as the flesh wars against the Spirit, I need to understand that verse number 17 tells me that they are contrary the one to the other. Listen, what your flesh wants and what your spirit wants, they're never going to get together. They're never going to work in harmony. They're never going to work in harmony. So you know what? That, that kind of makes it easy for us because I will either succumb to the flesh or I will follow after the Spirit. You know what else that does? You're not going to like me for saying this, but you know what else that does? I just cut out gray areas. Because it's either a fleshly desire or it's being led by the Spirit. Okay, I'll move on. I told you you wouldn't like it. But they're contrary, and they will never work in harmony one to the other. We go back to verse number 24. Verse number 24 says this, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Let's start this. Paul talking to the church. They that are Christ. So he's presenting a question to the reader, to the student. To the believer, first of all, he's saying, are you Christ? Do you belong to Christ? Careful when you answer. Do you belong to Christ? I'm going to keep saying it until you answer, though. Do you belong to Christ? Amen. Okay. Here's what he's saying to the believer that may be a little lukewarm. He said, they that are Christ, here's what they've done. They crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. That just cut out the lukewarm church. That just cut out those that are claiming that they did, but they really didn't do it. Paul's saying this, if you've not, uh, let, me, let me back up, let me word it like this. If you've not crucified the flesh with the affections and lust, it's only because you're not Christ. Crucified the flesh, he's, he's talking about this. The overpowering pull that controlled us before. The overpowering pull of the flesh. When he said we're crucified, the flesh, the word literally means here to extinguish. As a, as a fire extinguisher that you grabbed off of the wall. When that pull and everything was coming, that we quickly grabbed the fire extinguisher and we put it out. Now listen, there's nobody in here that's ever, anybody here ever used a fire extinguisher? Had a fire going, and you're going to extinguish that fire. Well, let's just say it like this. Not an extin I'm not using an extinguisher, but I have used water or dirt or a cedar limb or whatever. You know, when the fire's getting close to the hay pile, and you're starting to get desperate, you, you do whatever you got to do. Here's what you do when a fire is about to burn up something that it don't need to burn up. You don't sit there for a minute and say, I wonder how close that thing's going to get to that. Hmm. I wonder if that's really any danger. Huh, you think that's burning the ceiling up there? You don't do that. You move quickly. When you move quickly, why? Because you're, you're wanting to extinguish it immediately so that it don't do any more danger than what it's already done. Paul is saying this, you've crucified the affections. In other words, when the pull of the flesh the moment that the pull of the flesh starts to come, you don't entertain it, believer. You don't wait to see if it becomes how strong it's going to get. You don't see how close to the line that you get. The moment that you feel the pull of the flesh, the believer says, wait a minute. God, I feel a struggle coming. I'm asking you to forgive me and change that in me. The believer will not entertain it because if you entertain it, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. 
He says extinguish it, put it out. And then he says the affections and the lust. The word affections here means the influence. And lust means the longings. All of the influence. Anything that influences the believer needs in a wrong way needs to be extinguished. Anything that rouses your flesh needs to be extinguished. Anything that pulls you away from following after the Spirit needs to be extinguished. Teenager, are you listening to me? I don't care if mom and dad's present or not if it's pulling you away from the leading of the spirit extinguish it and put it away following after the spirit and then he says this uh, in verse number 24 or verse number 25 if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit if we live in the Spirit, uh, let us also walk in the Spirit. It's something that we've got to believe and we've got to understand. If we have life because of the Spirit, and we do, then why not follow after Him? If we're grateful for what He has done for us, why not follow Him? If you're thankful for your salvation, why not follow Him? If you're thankful for your deliverance, why not follow Him? If you're thankful that He sets you free from a bondage, why not follow Him? If you're thankful for the change that He's made in your life, why not follow Him on a daily basis? <laughs> crucified with Christ. Oh, I'm liking this. Romans 6 says, I was baptized into Christ. I was buried with Christ. It literally means this. It's talking about a union that is happening with me. It's talking about how that I was joined with Christ. When Jesus died, I died in Him. When He was buried, I was buried in Him. And when He, was, uh, when he got up, I got up in Him. When He was seated in heavenly places, I was seated in Him. I am in Christ, planted in him and, and, and this union, this joining uh, um, happened because of my faith in him and what he's already done for me on the cross of Calvary. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Galatians 2 and verse number 20. Again, watch this. This is a question, a heart question. Do you, don't just read it, don't just know it, don't just quote it. Do you believe it? Do you believe Galatians chapter number 2? Verse 20 and 21, I'm going to read it again uh, because I want it fresh on our mind. But verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is telling us again uh, uh, things that we need to believe because these are things that are crucial to our first initial experience with Christ and what happened with me. This is what he said. I'm going to put it like this. Again, we got to believe it. Don't just know it. Don't just uh, recite it, but to believe that it happened for you the moment that you got saved. Watch this. Do you believe that you were crucified with Christ? Do you believe it? Because... When the lust of the flesh starts to pull at me, I need to know something. Do you believe that you were crucified with Christ? Again, here it means to come in to company with Him. It, 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 it's perfect harmony with being baptized. That's why I'm not going to preach Romans 6 as being water baptized or spirit baptized, baptism because it's not in harmony. If we got on down to verse number 5, he says, I've been planted together with Christ. He's talking about a union. When I gave my life to Jesus and placed my faith in him, I was baptized into Jesus Christ, submerged into him. Water baptism, an outward sign of an inward show that's why we water baptized because spiritually I've already been placed into Christ it's the company with him now he says I've been crucified with Christ watch this nevertheless I live not a natural death this was it, I'm, because I'm still here not a natural death but it was a fleshly death, a, a death to the, to the power of the sin nature that happened here. i got to ask you again, do you believe that? Do you believe that? There's a reason I'm asking you these things. And then he says, yet not I. He's talking about, uh, uh, he's talking, let me back up here so that I get it right. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. In other words, uh, I am dead to the old man and dead uh, to the power of the sin nature. 
But what he's talking about being crucified with Christ was the old man. I'm still here in the flesh, but the old man is now crucified. The liar is gone. The adulterer crucified. The fornicator crucified. The idolater crucified. The gossiper is crucified. The filthy communication has been crucified with Christ. All of these things is crucified. I'm dead. I'm buried in him. Yet I still live. But he said the life that I live now. Or yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me new life, which is true life. I've been quickened in my spirit and in my heart, and now I have a new life. Do you remember when you got saved? And I had a brand new life. The moment that I truly dedicated my life to Jesus, I got up. And the life that I now live, and it's true life, I don't mean to be unkind, but I do mean to be plain. If you don't know Jesus, you really don't know what life is. You don't know what life is. I've been crucified, and now I have true, true life because I've been quickened together by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, the life that I now live, the daily life, the pattern that I live after is going to be by not just faith, but by the faith. Notice the word of God is specific. The faith. The, the, uh, the, the word the is placed there for a reason. By the faith. A specific faith. And that faith is faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. That's how I begin life. That's how I continue in life. And that's how I'm going to make it with life in, God, in, in, in Jesus Christ. He said the life that I now live, I live by my faith in Jesus and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. That's the only faith that God will ever recognize. And here's what what you need to understand, don't leave that. Don't leave faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. Don't abandon that. It's how you were saved. It's how you walk. And it's the only way that the person of the Holy Spirit is going to work in us and through us. And then He said, who loved me and gave Himself for me. This new life is all possible. I hope that you get this and I hope that you believe it. It's all possible. Not because a single one of us deserved it. Not because any of us could have earned it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. The truth of the matter is, there was a God in heaven that had mercy upon all of mankind. And because of his mercy and because of his love, he said, I will go and I will make a way that they can be back in relationship with us. Church, you need to understand, we don't deserve this. We get to live for Christ because of his supernatural love that is greater than man's comprehension of love. We don't deserve it. Who loved me? And he gave himself for me. All possible because he laid his life down. And because of that, I have a reason to rejoice in him. In verse number 21, he says, and I'll stop part of the way through it, I do not, I do not frustrate, I do not frustrate the grace of God. The word frustrate is to neutralize, to make it void. Now let me ask you a question. If Jesus would step out of heaven, come out of, come down to this earth, lay his life down, die the awful death of the crucifixion, allow us to come into the body of Christ by simple faith in Christ and what he's already done on the cross. Why would it be possible for us to neutralize the only help that he's given us? Because he is again, I can't emphasize it enough, and I don't care about those that message and say you make too much out of it. I can't emphasize enough how that our proper faith is faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. That's what he's looking for. And if our faith is not in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary, then we neutralize or we cut off the grace of God, which is the only help that we have. And I want to tell you this. You can't make it without the help of the Holy Spirit. And he can't help you unless your faith is in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. Frustrate is to neutralize, to make it void. The only help I have, and I don't want to do that. I got to believe it. 
I've got to believe that all of these things was done for me spiritually. And if I keep my faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary, that the, the person of the Holy Spirit will continue to help me. Now, I want to get back to walking in the Spirit, and I want to leave this with you. The flesh and the Spirit want two different things. The flesh is bent toward the things of the world. The Spirit is bent toward the things of God. I need to believe that, and I need to understand that. I also need to believe that I belong to Christ, according to verse number 24. I belong to Him by faith. I need to believe that the flesh has been crucified with its influence and its longing. I need to believe that if I entertain and don't extinguish the desires of the flesh immediately that they will overtake and my flesh will be pulled back to where I don't want to be. I need to believe that I don't I didn't even know life until I come to Christ and and until he gave me life and I need to believe that the only source of life is through the person of Jesus Christ. I need to believe that I was regenerated in my spirit because of faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary and I need to believe that if he gave me life He can keep this life, protect this life, and walk me into greater life. Amen? I need to believe Galatians 2 and 20, that by faith I was baptized into Jesus and I came into company with Him. You need to believe it. You need to believe that this union brought upon me a new life in Christ Jesus. The old man is now dead and buried and a new man has been raised up. I need to believe that the old man is gone and the old man no longer has an influence because the power of grace is so much greater than the power of the sin nature. I need to believe that all of this happened by my faith in Christ and what he accomplished on the cross of Calvary. And I need to know and stay humble enough to admit that I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I I couldn't merit it. I couldn't work for it. But I'm here today born again by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ because of a God that loved me and refused to throw me away. I need to believe that. All happened by faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. Now in verse number 21, one thing that I don't want to do is to cut off the only help that I have. I want to walk in the spirit so that I do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Give me just a few more minutes and I want to try to explain walking in the spirit. We're going to move to our individual behavior. Because a lot of times when we talk about walking in the Spirit and when we talk about failure, our mind and our heart goes to carrying out a specific act of sin. Come on, don't leave me by myself. A specific act of sin. Yes, we are going to fail in that way also. And the Lord is just to forgive us and to change that in us. But there is... Another part of walking in the Spirit that we need to understand and that I want to, that I want to talk about for just a couple of minutes, uh, and that is in regards to our behavior. Our behavior. You ever, I know we've brought this out before, but it's a good example. And I don't mean this unkind, and if you're watching later, I don't mean this unkind. But you ever been in a restaurant and being sitting behind folks, somebody's going to take me wrong when I say this, and I apologize because I'm going to say it anyway. Being sitting behind folks that is dressed the part to be holy. I mean, they've dressed the part to be holy. Is that okay? Is that offensive? Are you mad? But they've dressed the part. One time I was at a been a long time ago, so nobody's going to know if they watch later. A pizza place. And while I was at that pizza place, a lady that had asked for a certain kind of pizza, yes. Well, the person she asked was not the person that brought it out. They just got out of church also, and they, well, let me tell you, they were dressed apart. The person that she told she wanted a certain kind of pizza was not the person that brought it out. So the person that brought it out, instead of going to their table and serving them a feast, brought it to the buffet first, 
And you, if, you're, if you're at a pizza place and you just got there, oh, I don't know if you're like me, but I am starving. I'm starving. And so when they bring out a new piece of pizza, I'm looking and I'm wondering, what in the world they just bring out, you know? If it's not something weird like just cheese pizza, I don't understand that. You can order any other pizza you want, and you're going to get cheese anyway. So I'm going to get something on it. And I'm going to put meat on my salad, Brother Richard. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm looking to see what they brought out. And as soon as they bring it out, I'm up. I'm my, my, they got my full attention. I'm ready with my plate. Well, that's what happened this day. There's like a bunch of piranhas in there. And they went up there. And the lady got there as somebody was scooping up the last piece. And let me tell you something. I don't know what she got at church, but she lost it all right there at Pizza Hut. Lost it all. I mean, fighting mad. I mean, I'm mad. And made sure that they knew that she was that mad over a piece of pizza that they could have out in 10 minutes. Now, I understand being hungry. But here's what I want you to know. The grace of God is not there just to save us and not there just to lead it's there to change our rotten attitudes and our temper that does not reflect Christ. You ever been around somebody that nobody wants to be around? They're just hard to be around because they're just mad all the time? Just mad and hateful and, and angry all the time? Just Sister Becky will ask me sometimes. I'll, I'll see people that I know are a little bit that way. And, and so I'll walk up and say, hey, man, how you doing? And she'll say, why do you even talk to them? They don't want to talk to you. I said, I know. I know. But, but just mad and angry all the time. Here's what I want you to know. Church, if we are truly reflecting Christ, then we need to let the grace of God change our attitude and our temper that nobody wants to see anyway. Amen. Let it, let it be changed in our home first. In our home first. To those that we live with first. But when I get out to the restaurant, I shouldn't be the, the maddest person that is there. The grace of God goes so much further in law because the Bible said, does not say, thou shalt not smart off to your neighbor. It doesn't say that. But if you're a born-again believer and the grace of God is flowing and your attitude gets out of line, the Holy Spirit will check you and convict you and say, you shouldn't act that way. And that's when grace of God, Father, my attitude just got out of line and I'm asking you to forgive me and I'm asking you to change that in me. I promise I'm going to get to walking in the Spirit. But just a couple of things I've got to, that I have to address. Things, there are some things when you immediately get saved that immediately change. But we're not a finished product. But we do have what it takes to be changed and to be altered. And if we continue with our faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary, the grace of God is flowing. The Holy Spirit is convicting. He's leading. He's guiding and directing. And when He checks our attitude. He checks our disposition and the way that we're acting, our behavior. We need to be humble enough to say, God, forgive me and change that in me. Amen? Change, and that change never stops. The Lord wants to make us better and better and better and better. That was almost a little bit of a song lyric. I better be careful there. Walking in the Spirit. I get up in the morning, Father, I thank you for keeping your hand upon me and my wife last night and everything that you've given us to watch over. But as I start my day, I'm just giving you an example and you don't have to pattern. But as I start my day, God, I already know that I cannot be pleasing unto you without your help. If I don't have the grace of God flowing in my life, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail you. So God, I place my faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary for me. And I'm asking for grace to flow and for you to help me this day to live and to walk for you. What did I just do? I just started my day 
living for Christ and having a flowing of grace, here's what happened. I get to work, and I just get fighting mad, and I blow up. Here's walking in the Spirit. As soon as that happens, the Holy Spirit is going to say, what are you doing? You're a believer. You're not supposed to act that way. Walking in the Spirit is ordering my behavior the same way that I started my day. I'm going to go back and say, God, I should not have done that. I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm asking you to change that in me. And then I go about my day. I taught this at Agape House one time, and a guy told me, he said, man, I didn't realize that was what was going on. I feel like I need to pay him. He's having to convict me so much, I feel like I need to pay the Holy Spirit. Well, listen, I don't think that God's keeping account on how many times that you got to go to him during the day. But what I do know is this, as you grow and you mature in the Lord, it will never be a place where you don't have to go to him and ask you to help you, but they ought to become further and further between as you are being changed and transformed into the image of Christ. What is walking in the Spirit? I'll say this and I'll hush. It is simply ordering my behavior by keeping my faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary and being sensitive, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and following after his direction. Lord, I place my faith in you and I'm asking grace to flow. I mess up at 10 o'clock. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me and change that in me. I want to please you. I mess up by lunchtime again. Lord, here I am again. I messed up. I'm asking you to forgive me and change that in me. I don't know how many times you need to go back. I know that I'm a mess. I don't know how big of a mess that you are, but if I'm going to order my behavior after the leading of the Spirit, it's going to take me being humble enough to being sensitive to his voice and him uh, and allowing him to lead God and direct me. Let me tell you this, I'm trying, I'm trying to hush, but do you know that there's things in your heart right now that you're not aware of that God wants to change? If he showed you everything in your life that was not yet added up to what he needs, every one of us would throw the towel in and quit. But he don't, he don't do that. He little by little changes us, and if we're ordering our behavior after this way, then we are walking in the Spirit. And here's what I want to leave you with, and teenagers, I want you to hear me also. If you will order your behavior after this way, you shall not, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Those that are Christ, they have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust thereof. So I ask if you're Christ, I'm assuming if you say I'm a born-again believer that you've allowed those desires to be crushed. And i got to leave you with this thought. When that struggle comes between the flesh and the Spirit and you're walking in the Spirit and you feel that pulling of the flesh, don't play with it. I guess this is more for teenagers right here. Teenager, listen, don't play with it. Don't entertain it extinguish it immediately because if you don't extinguish it you know what will happen to a fire you don't put out it will consume whatever it's burning and you don't want to be consumed walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh brother Jeff can we bring everybody back sister Tiffany is that okay sister Tiffany would you come there's a song that she sang this morning that gave a great truth of what with what we've taught tonight. And I'm going to say it like this as she is getting ready. But as we're going through this process, you're walking through this process by faith. You're going to find that there's some things that are changed quickly. And there are some things that don't, don't change quite as quickly. You're going to find that some things were easy to walk away from. And then there are things that are strongholds, the Bible says, in our heart. But what you won't find is you won't find a time that God will ever fail you. You won't find a time that His grace will not be sufficient. And you won't find a time, you will not find a time that if you will allow Him, that He will not lead you closer and closer to Him and break and change whatever it is that you're believing Him to change. You won't find a time that he will fail you. You will only find a time 
to have victory as we walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Will you stand with us tonight? Are you weary from the battle you're fighting? Does it seem like the storm just won't break? Is there a mountain in front of you that doubt says will never move? And you wonder, will God make a way? Well, tell me a time he's not been faithful. Tell me a morning his mercies weren't new. Tell me a moment he wasn't able to carry you through. Tell me a day he was less than almighty when he could not roll back the tide. Child, when you look back, you're gonna find there was never a time. So be strong in the Lord and remember to take hold of faith and stand firm. You can be confident the Lord keeps his promises. If you doubt it, just read through his word. And tell me a time he's not been faithful. Tell me a morning his mercies weren't new. Tell me a moment he wasn't able to carry you through. Tell me a day he was less than almighty when he could not roll back the tide. Child, when you look back, you're gonna find there was never a Are you weary from the battle you're fighting? Does it seem like the storm just won't break? Is there a mountain in front of you that doubt says will never move? And you wonder, will God make a way? Well, tell me a time. He's not been faithful. Tell me a morning his mercies weren't new. Tell me a moment he wasn't able to carry you through. Tell me a day he was less than almighty. Listen to the words of this verse. Go ahead. So be strong in the Lord and remember to take hold of faith and stand firm. You can be confident the Lord keeps his promises. If you doubt it, just read through his word. And tell me a time he's not been faithful. Tell me a morning his mercies were new. Tell me a moment he wasn't able to carry you through. 
sing it with her well tell me a time he's not been faithful tell me a morning his mercies were new tell me a moment he wasn't able to carry you through tell me a day he was less than almighty when he could not roll back the tide child when you look back you're gonna find there was never a time you gotta do that first facing a mountain right here are you weary from the battle you're fighting come on think about it does it seem like the storm just won't break? Is there a mountain in front of you? Come on now, let's The doubt says will never move. And you wonder, will God make a way? Because He will. He will make a way. Well, tell me a time. He's not been faithful. He's always faithful. Tell me Hallelujah. a morning. Mercies were new. Tell Hallelujah. me a moment. Touch your people he wasn't able to carry you through. Hallelujah. Tell me a day he was less than almighty. When he could not roll back the tide. Child, when you you're gonna find there was never a time well tell me a time he's not been faithful tell me a morning his mercies were new tell me a moment he wasn't able to carry day he was less than almighty when he could not roll back the tide child when you look back you're gonna find there was never a time amen and amen i believe that tonight amen there's never been a time there will never be a time that he won't be faithful to his children. If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.